0: Uh, before we begin this morning, when uh, before we come out, the pastor always has a prayer uh, that uh, for you, those who will be attending, and for himself and myself. And there was another young lady he prayed for, the one who lit the candles, I think Laureen. Is she? Yeah. And I found out we have something in common. Uh, she goes to St. Paul in Concordia, Missouri, and uh, I went saint paul's college in concordia missouri when there was a college so she's outdoing me there's still a high school there even though the college is gone but uh, it's a real pleasure to uh, be on your team Uh, you're quite a young lady Uh, the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all our meditation this morning is a word of jesus to each one of you and to me And that word of Jesus comes to us from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, beginning at verse 30. It's the familiar story of the goats on the left and the sheep on the right. And to the sheep on the right, Jesus said, Come, you blessed of my Father. Receive, receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you ministered to me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was a stranger, You welcomed me. Even as you have done it to the least of these my brothers, so you have done it to me. This is the word of Jesus to each one of you and to me. In the name of Christ, dear Christian friends, it happened at a school, it happened in a parochial school, it happened at a Lutheran school, just like yours. At the beginning of the cafeteria line, there was a huge bowl of apples there and underneath that bowl there was a note placed by the teacher. And this is what the note read. Please, please take only one because God is watching you. At the other end of the line, there was a large platter of chocolate cookies and underneath that platter there was another note but this time it was placed there by one of the children and this is what the note read guys you can have all you want because God is watching the apples I'm here to talk about children who in fact do not have chocolate chip the uh, cookies as well as the poorest of the poor in the 17 Latin American countries and the Caribbean but make no mistake about it my friends they do have cookies And let me tell you about the cookies that they have their mothers go and mold them and shape them out of mud and put them in the sun to dry and when they're dried They soak them in a little bullion, add a little sugar. And these are the cookies that they give to their children. Now they give these kind of cookies to their children not because they are punishing them, not because they love their children any less than any other mother. But they give these kind of cookies to their children because they have learned that at least these kind of cookies do help to take away the pain from their hunger. My name is Jerry Kovac, and I served as a pastor in the LCMS for 41 years. Shortly after retiring from the congregational ministry, the parish ministry, I joined the team at Food for the Poor, and I have been there for 14 years. Now I'm carrying out this part of my ministry in memory of my grandson, Nick. And let me tell you a little bit about Nick. Nick died at the age of six years old after a courageous three-year battle with cancer. Now, when Nick was still an infant, his parents brought him to the baptismal where he was baptized into the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was one of the greatest days in his life because a miracle A miracle happened on that day. And I would suspect that most of you sitting here, if not all of you, experienced that same miracle. You probably don't even remember that great day in your lives. And you probably rarely think about that great day in your lives. But on that day, God performed the greatest miracle in your life perhaps that you have experienced up to this point. Because through simple water connected with God's word, God had given to you the gift of his Holy Spirit, the power to believe, the gift of forgiveness. Imagine what happened to that day in your life. Now, even though you do, do not remember it, the pastor reminded you, it of the, reminded you of it this morning. When he begins the service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Those were the same words, together with water, that were placed on your foreheads. Now, I know there are a lot of Christians who say, Well, the reason that I believe is because I'm a little smarter than all of those who don't. They think that they believe because they have come to a decision to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. No, my friends, it's a gift. Faith is a gift of God, started at the baptism. It's a miracle of God in our lives. Martin Luther said, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to Him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the Gospel, enlightened me with His gift, sanctified, and keeps me in the one true faith. You still believe today because it's a gift of God. St. Paul put it this way, no one, Not even me. No one can say that Jesus Christ is Lord, but by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it was in Nick's life, that even as a little baby, you see, Nick had Jesus on his lips and in his heart. When he was growing in the environment of the family, they used to have their family devotions with their other children as well. And there Nick would learn. He would learn about the gift that was given. He would learn about the Savior who saved him. He would learn about the God who loved him. Regularly through their family devotions. So that in the environment of the home, little Nick had Jesus in his heart and on his lips. When he went... Uh, enrolled in preschool when he was able to go because of his treatment they sent him to a Lutheran school just like yours and what a wonderful wonderful ministry that you have made happen in this community and your forefathers since the beginning of your founding and I'll tell you why it's so wonderful when Nick went to preschool you see every day he went He heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. It was reinforced what he learned at home and he saw Jesus modeled in the life of those teachers. That's why your ministry of education is really to be praised to God's holy name. So that in Nick's school life, he had Jesus in his heart and on his lips. Now the last six months of his life he spent in the hospital, the last six weeks in the ICU unit. And they, made, they belonged to a large church where there were two pastors. And each pastor, at a different time during the week, even though it was about 15 miles one way, They would make their way to the bedside of Nick. Just like your pastor has done it over the course of his ministry. I would venture to say maybe thousands of times. Carrying the gospel and the comfort of Jesus on your behalf. To those who are sick. And so it was with these pastors. So that while Nick was in the hospital. And even when he was dying he heard about jesus christ how much jesus loved him and cared for him even though he was suffering how he was a child of god he was a son of the heavenly father so that even when he was dying nick had jesus in his heart and on his lips and it's because of this it's because of those convictions Because the family believed that he was baptized into the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because the family believed in the promise of Jesus. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It's because of those convictions that the road to healing was paved. And that's the reason I'm dedicating this to his memory. Because you see, food for the poor is a ministry. It's a ministry which gives unearthly hope to thousands of children in the South American countries and the Caribbean that our little Nick never did have. Now there's a little red prayer book. It's published by Concordia Publishing House. Maybe a lot of you have it. There are two red ones actually. One is the Lutheran prayer book, but this one is my prayer book. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool I used to give it to the kids in confirmation. Because it has prayers there for every single occasion. Well, in the table of contents, there's a prayer. The grace to live a consecrated life. The grace to live a consecrated life. And in the second paragraph to the prayer, it goes like this. Lord, give me a thankful heart and a daily determination to live like Jesus as God's people you have the joy the privilege and the responsibility of responding to what God has done for you through Jesus Christ by living out the vocation of being the hands the feet and the heart of Jesus in today's world as God's people you have the joy and the responsibility of responding to the words of St. Paul to the congregation at Corinth and to the congregation right here this morning at Trinity. Let the love of Christ control you as you live out your vocation being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. As God's people, you have the joy and the opportunity to live out the words to that prayer. Lord, Give me a grateful, thankful heart. Enable me to live like Jesus. And that, my friends, brings us to our text. The sheep and the goats. To the sheep, Jesus said, Come, you blessed of my Father, receive the inheritance prepared for you from the foundation of the world when I was hungry when I was thirsty when I was naked when I was sick you were there for me even as you have done it to the least of these my brothers so you have done it to me you see the ticket to heaven was not because of what they did but because of whose they are they were people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ they were sheep who heeded the voice of the shepherd. They were sheep who believed that that Jesus suffered, died, and rose again for them and their salvation. It is not because of what they did, but because of whose they are. They were sheep who believed in the promise of Jesus. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you? I have gone to prepare a place for you so that you might be where I am. It is not because of what they did, but because of, Whose they are. They were sons and daughters. Of the heavenly father. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see. They didn't do those things. To get saved. As the evangelicals say. And we say. But they did those things. Because. They were saved. It was their response to what God has done for them through Jesus Christ. Remember the words of the text. Jesus said, Receive the inheritance prepared for you. And so you see, you see what they were doing. They were living out of their relationship with Jesus Christ. They were living out the vocation of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus in today's world. There is a story that comes out of World War II. A soldier was going home after the war, and he was running to catch a train. Boy, you got plenty of trains here. I got caught waiting for one. I think it was about ten minutes. That hasn't happened to me in a long time. He was waiting to catch the train and he inadvertently knocked over a fruit stand that was manned by a little boy. And he saw the little boy struggle and struggle to bring those apples together. And even though he wanted to get home after being in the war, even though he knew he could miss his train, he stopped, he put down his suitcase, got down on one knee, pulled out a clean handkerchief out of his pocket and he wiped off each apple and placed it back up on the fruit stand. And when he was done, that little boy was so impressed that the little boy kept pulling on his sleeve, soldier, 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 are you Jesus? And the soldier said, no, but I tried to act like him and so at food for the poor it's made up of Christians of people like all of us people who are living out the vocation together of being the hands the feet in the heart of Jesus and so we feed the poor and the hungry do we feed when I was over in Haiti, I worked at the feeding station there and we fed that day between 12 and 14,000 people. And because of compassionate and generous people like you, there was a child in a remote village who was standing there, he, mumbling to himself while he watched his brother eat a few handfuls of rice. Today is not my day to eat, but because of people like you, that boy no longer has to do that. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. You know, every 35 seconds, a child dies because of diseases related to poverty, and a lot of it is unsafe drinking water. Well, in Haiti, this woman who was 52 years old, her job and purpose in life was to carry life-saving water to her village. You've seen pictures of them. It's amazing. I don't know how they do it with the on their heads. She did this since she was 12 years old. Well, this one day when she was making her way to the village, just before she arrived, she tripped and she fell. And the water spilled and was soaked up by the parched earth. She was distraught. Her mission and her purpose, the people wouldn't get water, life-saving water so distraught that they found her hanging from a tree. But today, no longer in that village do young girls until their 52-year-old women have to carry any water because of the compassion and generosity of people like you. When I was sick, you ministered to me. I was in a hospital in Guatemala. And on that day, the surgeon was there doing free surgeries the people throughout Guatemala to little children who had a cleft lips. There were 20 in the waiting room when I arrived and they had these little beads because I guess there's preparation. I think uh, they sew them together uh, with, with those and hold them together. On that day God performed 20 miracles that allowed these children to live normal lives. We minister to the sick. We provide houses for the for the uh, desperately, desperately living shacks. You can't even imagine. Your kitchen, some of your kitchens are bigger than the places where they live with four or five people. We even release prisoners. Every Christmas and Easter we negotiate the release of people who are in prison for minor things you know and when they put them in prison they stayed we released a guy this past Christmas last Christmas he was in prison for 10 years for stealing a little bit of food and charcoal to feed his family and so we negotiate the release during Christmas and Easter because we do it in the name of Jesus Christ and we train them to be independent and to make a living on their own And so I would ask that you just uh, for a minute bring out the brochure, if you will, that's in your bulletin. You can read the story of Food for the Poor and you can uh, uh, look at the various ministries that we have. And I would like you to tear it along the perforated line, if you will. And don't throw this away so that... uh, Uh, the pastor or whoever, and whoever takes care of the church has to pick them up. Go put them out on your uh, refrigerator. Uh, Whose pictures, you grandparents, do you put on your refrigerators anyway? Pardon me? Grandchildren, right? You put your children, your grandchildren on. Well, Max Licado, the Christian writer, said, you know, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. So go home and put it on your refrigerator reminding you that your family is bigger than just your grandchildren. We are pro-life as Lutherans, right? And pro-life doesn't mean just protecting the unborn, but it means feeling a responsibility for kids because of no fault of their own happen to be born in a little place like Haiti and have many no hope. Well, put it on your refrigerator. And uh, if you want to contribute this morning, you can give a generous gift and you can place it in the pocket of the other envelope and uh, seal it uh, and hand it to me as you leave or put it in the box I'll be holding as you leave the worship service. And if you want to become a partner, an ongoing partner, and maybe many of you are, fill out that information and they have a seven dollar club. for seven dollars $7 a month, you can feed a child. It's not much. It's very little, but you put ten thousand seven dollars a month together and you're feeding and saving an awful lot of children. Well, when you make that decision either to become a partner or to just give a generous gift again, put it in there, fill out the information and hand it to me as you leave the worship service. And those of you who use your phones to give, you know, you can text 51555KINDNESS. 51555 51555KINDNESS. 51555 it was a young woman with a couple children. She was raising her children, you see, in a run-down, rusted chicken coop in Jamaica, and that wasn't what Rochetta had in mind for her young family. As a single mother, she did the best she could. In the sweltering heat, the rat-infested, rusted chicken coop, she had buckets on the floor to catch the rainwater so that there would not be a flood beneath her feet. She spoke many prayers to keep her tiny family together. She never lost hope or faith in God's plan for her life. So she continued to pray. She continued to hope. She continued to trust. She continued to believe until one day it happened. Through generous and kind people like yourselves, God provided for her the greatest miracle of her life. She said there's a big difference between there and here. Now we have room. Now we don't have to worry about the rats and the cockroaches. Now, we can even lock our front door and aren't susceptible to predators. All because of compassion and generous people like you. So I am asking you to consider either a gift or a partnership as we live together live out the vocation of being the hands the feet and the heart of Jesus may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord amen